stretch out Think your skin can bring you so much pain Now I hear you say You got the best of both ways Won't you come and take a walk in my shoes All right, we're live and back in October 2023 for Shoe Geeks, where we're talking to um, two of the best footwear brains in the land, and the other guy. I'll let you two. I'll let you two battle over who's that. That's going to be. <laughs> um, I'm here joined by Nida from Spark Podiatry. No, Spark. No, what is it? Spark Sports. It's a sports and arthritis clinic. I'm a podiatrist there, mate. Keep it simple. Arthritis clinic. Yeah. Is that where people get their um, anti-aging drugs from? <laughs> You'll be close, won't you? I don't know. I hear about your ankle arthritis every second episode on the main show. Yeah. What do you? You. That's a pretty easy way to get those um, testosterones and 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 um, growth hormones, isn't it? No, nah, mate. We we make people move and exercise. That's how we that's how we accommodate arthritis. Mm, okay. All right. Nice. Good front. <laughs> also, Tom. He's from yeah. Clinical Podiatry. He's his own boss, Nitter. Tom is. Mm. He's his he's his own small business owner, aren't you, Tom? Nitter wouldn't really know about that. Uh, <laughs> he's he's got a a, a harder God, deal. I right? he's a co co owner, and I can just do what I want. Where he maybe has to you know, collaborate and all that sort of stuff. So we've mean, noticed you, you do what you want. Learn a bit more. Yeah, I get held I get held responsible for my decisions. You can do what you want. So you're calling me a cowboy. A bit, yeah, well, I don't know. After the um the seven thirty show last night in terms of podiatry, oh, you just never know, do you? <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh yeah, that was the other yeah. thing we were gonna chat about. Yeah, we shouldn't give this person air. Yeah, I don't know if we should give that too much air to be honest. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, mm-hmm. we're here to talk about shoes anyway, and maybe yeah. some some podiatry stuff if we um mm-hmm. if we get that desperate. So we'll start. I reckon I'm going to start with you, Tom, this week because Nita's mm-hmm. always up and about. So Tom, we've yes, shared yes. the love of the same shoe this month, and it's been glorious because Nita That's... doesn't have a pair yet. Yeah, so I'm enjoying the fact that he doesn't have this shoe because he's, I can tell that it's just eating him inside. <laughs> it really yeah. is. And I might even be hamming it up a bit just for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I like so it. go on, like talk to me about it. What is it? What are we loving? Um, so, yeah, we've both got it. We've both been um, trying out the new Nike Vermeero 17. So um, I saw this. Um, a few months ago, just like a sample size. So I couldn't try it on, but yeah, after playing with it in my hand, I was quite excited to get it. So I got it about maybe just two weeks ago. Um, yeah. Where'd you get um, it from, Tom? What's that? Where'd you get it from? Uh, I got it from Mike. Uh, so Mike is from Nike. I've known Mike since I was 15 years old. So he's helped me out now, now here and there with, uh, with shoes. So That's thanks, nice Mike. Nita, you don't know That's Mike? No, no, we have no Nike, um, no Nike affiliation here in um, in Adelaide in terms, of especially dealing with practitioners. But I guess he deals with you as a runner, though, Tom, doesn't he? You probably got shoes when you were a winner Melbourne Marathon back then as well. Oh yeah, I just my my original coach was um, you, you remember Grant Kremer? Oh yeah, eight hundred so meter runner. Grant, Grant, yeah, new new Mike, and then you know mm. I was starting to get 
some half decent runs on the board and then yeah that that's where i was mm. intro to mike and he gave me this like a nike kit and a pair of um mm. it was like pegasus my first free pair of shoes were, were a pegasus um oh geez i don't know 20 no not 20 mm. it'd been like 25 it was in mm. 2007 or something um and i just thought i was like it was like the best day of my life like a like a nike like a little shorts and singlet and and shoes socks and i was like this is like <laughs> you still got yeah. you still got the singlet no no i don't actually i don't know i don't know what happened to mm. that singlet That's i did have shame. it for a long time yeah um but yeah so getting back to the vomero like i know you boys have loved the which which vomero was it that you guys loved was it the 12 13 yeah 12 10 12 and 13 were the same 12 to 13 were the, the, the high. I don't actually there. remember running in that shoe. I don't, I've never been a real big um, Vimero guy. I've, I've historically been a Pegasus um, fan. So you, you'll be able to compare maybe this to previous, mm. like how it sits in the space for Vimero. But yeah, do you want to, do you want to talk about it, Julian? Yeah, I mean, well, sure. give us give us some stats. Give us some stats on it as well. Like so, we're for well, one of those podcasts, yeah. we're talking about shoes. Give us the numbers. Yeah, yeah, it's 40, 40 to thirty. So I, th- I believe it's a ten, mm. about a ten mil drop. Um, that's relatively high stack. So forty to thirty. It's um, two layers of it doesn't foam. Doesn't look thirty in the forefoot. It does not look thirty in the it forefoot. Doesn't. Yeah, and no, I yeah, I don't know if it feels thirty, but that's the tech mm. spec. I haven't actually measured it. Okay. Um, yeah, it's hard to tell, really. Mm. There's no sidewall though, so everything you see there yeah. is is stack. The that rear foot, foot has, has to be a bit. The nah, rear foot, foot has sidewall. Yeah. There is sidewall yeah, back here, but yeah. at the forefoot, yeah. nothing. Yeah, yeah gotcha. no, forefoot yeah. no sidewall. And that, that that's why this looks lower than like a hocker and a lot of other models. I would say because a lot of those and a lot of models now are doing sidewall into the forefoot. So yeah. we probably our perspective yeah. probably is a little bit. Well, and they're, they're lower drop, so you might have like 36 mil at the forefoot as well. Uh, mm. And this is on that pitch, so you're obviously going to have a, a lower forefoot. Um, yeah. But so, yeah, Zoom X on top, you can sort of see in the layers mm. there that, that um, look, that it's not all, the, the Zoom X is broken into two colors, so you can sort of see the split point here. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, and then as you get down to the forefoot, there's... Oh, it's probably a, a same sort of ratio towards the forefoot. Uh, maybe a little bit more stability from that. I think it's React X in the in the under. Is it React X? Is it? I think it is React X. I, I thought it was a Kushlon, an EVA. Yeah. yeah. What's the difference? Wrong. I don't know. Well, look at Kush the Kushlon to the traditional EVA. I can't remember. React was a the hybrid, wasn't it? They never was really EVA. said. I don't really no. think anyone knows what outside of nike what what the react is mm. i don't think it matters does it really oh here i go i got a tech sheet here so let me read yeah. this tech sheet because we should do that we probably like mm. yeah, let's probably let's look at the tech sheet <laughs> makes sense to me to, to, to actually learn about the shoe um infinity vomero 17 here we go uh we got the zoom x plus kushlon 3.0 midsole yeah um mm. So stack heights, four foot, 29 and a half, heel, 39 and a half. Good job there, Tom. Um, mm. In a men's 10, we're looking at 300 grams. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in terms of specs, it's like a very traditional shoe. These days, it's, mm. like, a, it's like a modern take on a traditional shoe, I reckon. Uh, yep. like it's, we, aren't seeing, we aren't seeing 10 mil heel pitch very often anymore. 
No, no, and that's what yeah. feels good about it to me. Like I yeah. really like that that rear foot because what is the yeah. stat? Eighty percent of us land through the rear foot. Um, yeah, and how many least. old people run that need a pitch? Oh, look, yeah. I, yeah, even if the shoe doesn't have a pitch, I'm adding a pitch. So, yeah, yeah, I'm a fan of the pitch. <laughs> The also what's different that Nike's done in this shoe for me is like open the forefoot up and it's a really generous fit up here. So we're seeing yeah. it being a lot more forgiving to different foot types. I think Nike mm. pigeonhole himself into being a really narrow um, sort of like especially shallow through the bridge of the foot um, through the midfoot area. Like in the past, they pigeonhole themselves mm. into that foot shape, whereas now it's almost like they've discovered that there's a whole other foot shape out there that people might want to wear mm. their shoes. Mm. And that's the Vimero 13 was exactly that. It used to be able to fit different foot types and it had a high pitch Indeed. and it was it, it was a really stable cushion neutral shoe. And yeah. yeah, it wasn't complicated either from front to back, cushion midsole. And look, we'll go into it later on. It was a great long run shoe, right? The midsole was as good at mm. the end as it was at the start. Yeah, and, and so this... Mm. For me, this is a mod. This is like the Pegasus Turbo back when it came out, oh, uh, two thousand eighteen, maybe. I can't remember exactly. Mm. Um, there was two models, the one and the two. It changed a little bit through the upper and the mm. two, and then it disappeared. And and it's come back with a little bit of juice in its arm here. So it's a, it's sort of like Peg Turbo on steroids in the fact that it's got mm. two different layers of foam. And it's a lot more rigid than the old Peg Turbo was. So for me, it's more yeah, sustainable, yeah. Um, more protective, suits a lot more people, a lot safer of a shoe. Uh, it's a bit more padded through the tongue, so it's more comfortable. Um, it, it, it just ticks so many boxes for me. Like it's got a waffled outer sole, so it works mm. on, on dirt roads. It works, it, it works on asphalt. There is a little bit of slip on the wet asphalt, I noticed. Because it rained here. Is it a is it a soft rubber? Like if you go on the road, it doesn't make the shoe firm. No, it's not, not really. Yeah. It's not soft. Yeah. But I actually don't mind it. It's like you can feel because the midsole is so soft. Mm. Um, you don't. It doesn't. The outsole doesn't need to be soft, and it, it actually just yeah. feels like it aids to the traction. It's like you've got you know under your foot you've got something nice. And to me, I ran I ran in wet the other day, and it, and it felt mm. fine. It felt pretty good. I on the asphalt, really... huh? What's that? On asphalt, on a road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom doesn't run on dirt. Tom doesn't run on dirt. Yeah, yeah I don't know what dirt is. Yeah. Um, uh, no, it, it actually felt fine. It, it was gripping fine um, on wet asphalt mm. for me. And look, uh, how's yeah. it how's it functioning the midsole, Tom? Like, I mean, you you can press the the Zoomax pretty quickly. How's the cushion beneath it? Do you feel like you're bottoming it out at the end of a long run, or how's it how's nah, it? So playing? the cushion just feels like I think the cushions are slightly denser than the Zoomax. But it's not mm. dense. Like it still just feels mm. like a soft EVA. Um, yep. But you, you know, like you remember the the Epic React. Like that shoe wasn't mm. a high stat shoe, but that that yeah. that foam. I know this is Cushlon, but you know, yeah, yeah, that may be an EVA. That 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 foam lasted a thousand k's. Like it did, it, 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 it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like this this is going. I don't mean I don't know yet, but I feel like it's going to be durable. Yeah. Um, yeah. You don't get that bottoming in out feel. I've I've only done sixteen. Mm. Um, done no the longest i've done is 12k in it um, but part of that shoe being like the epic react made it feel soft because it had so much exposed foam as well at the end i think often you put a lot of rubber on the outsole and it does stiffen it up a touch more it feels a little bit firmer normally when you do that yeah one of the um 
one of the real strong points for this shoe is the rear foot stability. Uh, so although it's a neutral shoe, Nike mm. have often created platforms too narrow and unstable through their rear foot, mm. uh, whether it's through like skiving the walls or just mm. creating too much softness back there or too not enough width and platform. Whereas you can see here, like there's nice amount of flaring there. Um, yep. And there's a higher amount of cush line, so there's a bit more firmness. And the, the sidewalls go up to really cradle the foot. And mm. if, like I ran 27 in this over hills on Sunday. And towards the end, you fatigue, you may be going down a hill, you're landing through your mm. heel, heel more. This, this shoe is, it's like an insurance policy back there. It, it's mm. there when you need it, but you can also get going landing on your forefoot with some pop. So it, yep. it, for me, all rounder, and we'll talk about a long run shoe later. This is the hallmarks mm. of a, a long run shoe. It's yeah, not, it doesn't good. feel fast like a peg turbo, but it feels lighter on foot than 300 grams. Mm. Yeah, it so. definitely doesn't feel fast to me. I wouldn't nah. put it in mm. fast category. It feels like it, it doesn't feel like a slow jogging recovery shoe, but it doesn't feel mm. like a lightweight trainer. Um, I may as well yeah. touch on it now. Mm. Bringing out the chopping board again. <laughs> you can see what I'm talking about with the rear foot. Yeah, yeah. So the rear foot, like a lot of traditional shoes, like at the center of the heel will be in contact with the ground, whereas this one, it starts yeah. it starts that rear foot rocker um, just mm. anterior to the heel. Um, and this is the only, this is like for me, and this is probably a very me problem, um, I don't like that about this shoe. Mm. I don't like the fact that so many models are getting such big rear foot rockers. Um, when I stand in it, I feel midfoot. I feel like the drop is almost starting at the midfoot. Um, yeah, and yeah. almost my, like my heel is floating a bit. Uh, that sensation goes away as soon as I start running in the shoe to some extent. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just wish, I, I mean, I just like the traditional feel of a shoe which doesn't have such a rocket rear foot and look is that is that purely perception or is that is that a bit of risk of you know you had hamstring origin things pop up in the past year or so do you think that's a risk factor to it or comfort as well it's comfort like i've got that perception in my head with when i had like um like when i was wearing the aurora aurora from brooks and some mm -hmm. other shoe that had oh, a yeah. big rear foot rocker and i felt like my hammies mm -hmm. were getting a bit tight mm -hmm. in those when i did run in those shoes um but yeah i think just perceptually um when I go back to running in and I don't have many left now, like the, the traditional shoes, which just have a little bit more of a squared mm. off rear foot. Um, it just feels smoother. It just feels like my, it's like, it's like um, when you talk about running in like an alpha fly and you hit the, you hit the sweet spot for me, just jogging, like my sweet spot is the lateral corner of the heel. Like I just lightly touch mm. down on the heel um, as I yeah. contact. Um, and I just, I kind of like lose that sweet spot in these like aggressively rear foot rocket shoes. Um, and when I'm jogging, you, I like you, to feel like, so in this, what's happening in the Mamera for me is when I jog in it, I just naturally start shifting a bit more to, to a midfoot strike. Yeah. And that feels more comfortable. Do you think that's what they're going for? Do you think that what that's, that's what they're going for with the design? Or do you think that's just, that's just the consequence of the design? I, I feel, I feel like they're just trying to facilitate the sagittal plane, like that motion, like from that mm. contact to forefoot. So rather than mm. just talking about forefoot rockers and designing forefoot rockers, mm. they're thinking that maybe people need a rear foot rocker. I don't, I mm. don't know if we, I think maybe some, we've gone a little bit overboard with the rear foot rockers. I don't know mm. if 
the evidence is there that that actually is yeah. helping everyone, whether it's because that's not just Nike, but yeah, it's not just Nike doing that. Like it's um, many companies doing it. And you do you, you you I mean, you can pitch your way out of that a little bit anyway, can't you? Yeah. So I've I've put some heel some heel um, wedges in the back, mm. and it, it feels better. Yeah. I, I think, I think for most people they, they may like that feel i don't know there's probably mm. only a small percentage of the population that might they probably don't even know mm. what they, they don't even know that they don't like a rear foot rocker until they mm. even know what it is and start playing around with different geometries but um i definitely know over the like the last five six years that it's not something i um love but that's my only that's my only frustration with that shoe otherwise uh, yeah mm. like personally it's a, it's a it's an awesome shoe the foam, like getting rid of the air air unit in the forefoot, I think was a brilliant move because it just actually. Mm. I'll touch on that. I just got this. I've just run it, been running in this this guy as well. Structure twenty five. Yeah, structure yeah. twenty five. So Nike structure mm. twenty five. Have you mm -hmm. run? If if either of you running this one, I haven't run no. it. No. no. Yeah. So this one is. I think it's just a cushion. It might be the same, like a three point oh cushion uh, full. Mm full midsole sole just of that one sort of EVA foam. Mm. Um, but they have got the, the um, four-foot zoom air unit in it. Do you want and, the specs um, on it? Uh, yeah, what have I got here? So it's a it's a 3727 stack, so 10 mil pitch. Mm -hmm. It feels it. It feels it feels a bigger pitch mm. than the Vimero, and I think that's just because it hasn't got such a big rear foot rocker. So the, the rear foot rocker, yep. it's there, but it's just not as big. It starts um, probably firmer as well, but like closer to the heel. Um, mm. And what is it? It's 320, uh, 320 grams instead of 300 grams. Uh, it's a little, like, a little bit heavier than the Vimero. Yeah. Um, nice, like similar sort of like really sort of high gerometer um, outsole. Um, so really mm. grippy. You can see with it, like it's just um, like the, that, that rear foot geometry is like it's quite wide um so yeah. this is again that's how they that's part of how they're getting their stability in this shoe it's um it's yep. really broad but yeah going back to the actual midsole makeup like um the air, i don't know the, the zoom air unit like i can feel like i really like i actually quite like the structure like i think i told you guys last time i prefer the structure to the pegasus because it's softer mm. which is weird like the structure <laughs> is a softer shoe than the pegasus which mm. historically it hasn't been but it has been recently, the recent years, I reckon. Mm. So, uh, but I can feel the four foot, um, the zoom air unit. I just don't know if I like feeling the segmentation of the midsole. Mm. It's a bit like it's a bit like feeling the, the cloud tech in on. I just yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't really want to feel like separate um, bits and pieces in the in the midsole. Mm. Um, but yeah, I guess the be the possible benefit will be like durability, like that four foot cushion. Um, like mm. that Zoom Air unit doesn't wear out um, yeah. like EVA will, so possibly that's um, that's a benefit for the four foot cushion. But um, good, good. yeah, I've actually I've really like I haven't done I've done a little bit less in this shoe, but um, I really liked it. Um, so it, again, this is like new new age stability. There's no mm. there's no there's no posts. There's no like higher durometer foam. The whole shoe is the mm -hmm. same um, density of foam. They have done on the rear foot. So unlike the um, Vimero, it's mm. asymmetrical like geometry. So the medial mm. side is a little bit con convex. And then, yeah, mm. the lateral side's a little bit concave. So you get a little bit more compression on the lateral side and it's a, it feels probably mm. a little bit firmer on the medial side. Um, in store, and the big change. In, oh, sorry, in store, Tom, 
we've already seen issues with that, uh, like that lateral Stability. wall, just people crushing it, it, like a little bit more weight on the outside of the shoe. Shoes oh, really? Gives. Yeah, mm. yeah, definitely. Even have a have mm. a see it. Look how sharp that cut is into the sidewall. Mm. Yeah. People must be hitting that part of the shoe really hard, staying there for a while. They are. They sink down laterally into it. Yeah, if you're a heavy heel striker, I think think if if you're not smashing the heel, it's it's pretty stable. Like to me, it doesn't feel like one of those super mushy, soft soft ones. Um, the, the, uh, what have you found with the um, the medial wrap? So it's got like this. Mm. This is a ridiculously high um, midsole wrap um, on the medial arch area. Um, I, it's like, turned some I people off. Arch support. Hmm? It's turned some people off. Um, yeah, I think anyone with a yeah. flat foot, they're going to hate it because mm. it's just going to poke poke into the arch mm. in a very like um, mm. unnatural way. Yeah, a mm. lot of people just put it on and go, "Oh, there's too much going on down there." Mm. Yeah. I think if you got if you got like a relatively normal arch height, um, high to mm. normal arch height, you're not going to be bothered by it. But if you got a low yeah. arch, really muscular, wide mm. midfoot, it's just going to poke into the soft tissues yeah. and probably be annoying. Mm. Um, All right, so it's one of those so, ones you definitely got to try on. Yeah, we know Tom's been okay. getting free shoes from Nike. Nita, a couple of good reviews there from him. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Like both of those shoes, I am actually pretty excited to see as well. But um, I got along okay with the infinity. You guys didn't, obviously. Oh, so nah, um, that was horror. That is a horror. Like that is oh, an I absolute. Can't, we're, not, we're, not, we're not coming back to it. All right, guys. I won't okay, good. You Stay away. But, um, <laughs> look, I uh, four weeks ago I got the New Balance 1080. I reckon it's been the most advertised shoe on social media in the past four. Biggest weeks, marketing budget New Balance has ever had on a shoe. So look, the stats first and foremost at about size ten. I can I got this at about two hundred and ninety grams. Um, for me, um, the stack height I believe is I think it's thirty eight, thirty two. So thirty two in the forefoot, and it's a bit lower density. The fresh foam makes a bit lower density than its previous um, previous models. It does have a forefoot rocker on it. It's probably not quite as ex- like exaggerated as the previous model, and as opposed to the heel counter, the previous um, ten eighties had that sort of like curve away heel counter. This one's gone a bit more, a bit more cushioned, a bit more perpendicular, and a really soft tongue. Look, this—I've had this shoe for four weeks, and I've worn it for 280k's. And I don't run half as much as you guys. Literally half as much as what Tom does. Less than half of what Tom's doing at the moment. One third, probably. Um, so this has been 80% of what I've been wearing. And look, you guys are both. Actually, you ever worn this, Tom? No, but yeah, the last one I have was a VB. V10 maybe. Yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah. So it is one of the most comfortable shoes I've ever put on from zero to 60 minutes of running, or at least zero to 30 minutes of running. It ticks all the boxes. Like it's plush underfoot. Um, look, it might be a little bit too plush for some people, um, but it works well for me. 32 millimeters of forefoot feels fantastic when I'm running on it. The upper is just a knitted, comfortable upper. It's not designed to keep the foot in a massive lockdown by any means, which you probably struggle with a bit, Julian, but for me, a, a slightly mobile or adaptable upper adds to comfort for me. The rock is not as pronounced, so it means if I'm on the forefoot, I get to try and, you know, it, the flexibility of this shoe, as you mentioned, Julian, is actually, like I gave, gave you a bit of stick about it, but it actually is a bit of a highlight of the shoe compared to other shoes I've been wearing. So it is quite natural, and the outsole has a lot more exposed foam than, than historical models, which once again makes the shoe feel softer again. The vertical, I mean, even the outsole itself is quite a quite a you know soft rubber. 
Um, I wouldn't say it adheres to the ground great by any means when it's wet, but it does does the job. I've taken this shoe past an hour a few times, and I guess the issue is the foam's not the same after 60 minutes as it is from zero to 60 minutes, so it definitely bottoms out a bit more. The only thing I will say, it's good timing we've had the podcast tonight because at 280Ks for someone who's predominantly on the forefoot, it feels pretty close to done for me, which is a little bit sad. I definitely will get another set of these as well. I'm not compressing the rear foot, but the forefoot and the rear foot for me now when I'm walking in, I can feel that the, the, the pitch has now become like 15 mils. It runs off six mils, um, but it's become 15 mils because I've compressed the forefoot. It hasn't returned after the 280K. So um, one of the most enjoyable shoes that I have worn and have biasly chosen for that. But maybe well, when we talk about the long run shoe later, maybe not a pure long run shoe. Haven't got the uh, the cheese board here, Tom, but does have a bit of a rear foot rocker. Does start a bit further back than what your Nike range is starting back, but still has it, obviously, aesthetically. I've seen a couple people wearing this and pop up with a few Achilles issues at the clinic. Obviously, being association, not a cause, but really soft foam. Maybe they come from the previous 1080 that the heel count is a little bit more pokey in the back of the heel. Um, so whether or not, you know, people running a really compliant shoes, the tendons acting a bit stiffer compared to what they've had before. So that's just the other thing to, to note through here. But overall, um, marketing this shoe has been good. While I'm at it, though, um, a bit of a polarizing experience. So I had the Vongo, uh, the sixth version through here, which has had a huge facelift. Um, its stats are, I got about 310 grams, so maybe about 10% heavier than what um, than what the, the 1080 is. And it runs at 27, 21, so it's lower to the ground. They've done two different major things through. The upper feels pretty much the same, to be honest, um, with the, the knitted upper a bit more mobile. Soft toe cap as well, Julian. You'd like the soft toe I cap. I do like them. 1080. Both of them are good. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, but they do two things. They've got the two durometers of foam, softer near the foot, and denser underneath this EVA plate. And the EVA plate strategically placed on the medial side a little bit higher and on the lateral side a little bit lower. You can see it sort of curve its way aggressively down into like a to try and create a bit of a varus effect or a posting, so to speak. Um, it is relatively stiff, I think. Um, but I look, I suppose once you put more body mass into it, you will flex it. I found I couldn't flex the shoe when I was running from the midfoot to the forefoot. I had to really work to get over the um over the the plate. And I'm Reckon where they may have gone wrong here, while the surface area feels the same, it feels stable in all planes, sagittally, it was almost too stiff in the sagittal plane for me that I reckon either one one or two attributes had to go there. I either had to just have the durometer density be twice as twice as dense through the midsole as a stability shoe or have the plate, but not both. I found it to be quite slappy on the forefoot on the ground and and just a firmer, more rigid experience. I can I need another 10 kilos of body mass to really be able to use that shoe um, to, to enjoy it. So, but once again, I don't know if that's skewed because a lot of the running I've been done on, I've been doing has been the 1080. So it's been such a polarizing experience because of the previous shoe I've worn. So I, I don't know what your thoughts are, Julian. You've done a fair bit in the 1080 now. Mm, yeah, the 1080 was a, a real delight when I first got a sample of it. Uh, I just went back to my Strava retired shoes and I think I had a sample of that around this same time last year. And I got, mm -hmm. I remember thinking, oh, this is way more flexible than what I'm used to. And that, mm -hmm. that, that's a, that's a concern for me, but 
I was able to run in it and feel really good on the runs that I did. I just felt natural. It just it mm. felt like felt smooth to me. Um, it did feel soft. I reckon the sample I had was a bit firmer than the what's been released in production because mm. uh, I didn't mm. remember it feeling that soft. But I, I just looked at the amount of Ks that I had on it before I retired it, and I started to mm. get an Achilles niggle at two, 209 Ks. That was it for yep. me. And, and yep. oh, look, I, I, I will retire a lot of shoes at 300, 400. Mm. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 209, I was, I, that shoe was done. Uh, it was spent. Yeah. I, it was yeah. a great 209, but it was. Yeah, it was, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's a classic trade off. Oh, definitely. You saw it with the ASICs. Um, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, like the, yeah. the Nimbus, the Nimbus Light. lights, yep, like exactly. mm. just low, yeah, yeah. low, low density EVA feels great, but doesn't last. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. So even like within our training group, we've got a 1080 wearer who mm. she um, she got developed a planter issue almost immediately from the shoe because of how flexible it was and how soft it was. Um, also, got to mention that. Because it's a six mil pitch, for example, and the shoe is really soft, and there's a mini rear foot rocker through there, and the heel counters come in the other way from the previous one. There are a couple elements for a bit more rear foot load in that shoe. It doesn't feel six mils to me. It feels lower when you're when you're functioning yeah. in it. So yeah. Me too. And like for me, I run on a dirt road or a light trail, mm. and I stand on the wrong part of the trail. And my foot sinks laterally in that shoe because mm. that's what happens when you step on tree roots or rocks or corrugations. Yeah, yeah. The upper is not strong enough to hold me on the shoe. I go over. Yeah, they, yeah. I don't feel yeah. safe in that. Look, I, that's you definitely. But I'll tell you what, Tom, when I put this shoe on for the first time and I took it out the door, I just had so much um, epic react vibes, obviously being oh, a bit right. softer and a bit higher off the ground because the upper was a bit compliant, allowed my foot to move a bit more. The forefoot had more exposed foam. It just had those really enjoyable, easy run feels, but maybe on the slightly softer, higher side. So I can understand if you don't like a mobile upper, but geez, that that's like my comfort filter, those attributes. Mm -hmm. So if you if you do like to move that way, the shoe you put it on, it's it's hard to say the shoes. It'd be easy sale, Julian, surely, an easy sale in the shop. Temptation is there for soft. Uh, mm. And... Yeah. And, and we have to educate the customer on what this looks like for them. And so, like, soft mm. people get sucked in. They're like, oh, wow, this mm. is spongy. Oh, there's a bit of rocker to it. I feel light. The upper's so comfy. And Sometimes looking... you've got to let people go and experience it, though, Julian. Sometimes, yeah. it's, sometimes they find themselves there, mate. We certainly have. It's been successful shoe mm. in store. Yeah. I just wonder, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to set up a um, system where we have that returning customer. And whether they ask mm. for it again or whether they go, yeah. I want something more stable that lasts longer. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Because I, I don't see it as like the daily trainer that maybe you see it yeah. as. Uh, well, I, I think absolutely. it's way too soft for that. It's replaced the Nimbus 25 for me in a lot of sense. But look, it is a bit less durable. It is a bit, at first feel it's more comfortable than the Nimbus 25. Mm. But maybe after 45 minutes, I reckon, you know, it changes a bit. The yeah. Nimbus 25 stays a bit more comfortable and the, the, the 1080 sort of disappears a bit. Yeah. I, I'd take that shoe off after an hour. I think I ran 65 minutes yeah. and I took it off yeah. at the end of the run and I just went like this. <laughs> and the whole thing yeah, just yeah. like curled into a ball. Yeah. Um, it it, it t totally changes how 
It well, feels. Well, tell me about the Vongo then, because I reckon it's gone a bit too far the other way. I don't know yeah. if they needed to plate it up plus do a double density foam. So, Well, this is where, like, I know what we do in a store, taking sort of frontal plane footage, looking mm. at eversion rates. Mm. Now, you can take a shoe like the Structure or the new Keanu to a degree, even the new mm. Romero, and we mm -hmm. get a pretty strong, stable base out of that shoe where we're, if we have a moderate degree of pronation, then we can sort of take it away. Like we can not take mm. the, we can limit the rate and we can limit the end point of how far that foot pronates using it, these shoes and these shoe geometries. I haven't seen the Vongo provide any type of control whatsoever to any person. In fact, some and of it, this it's is even less stable. Two points of that margin is is because it's too dense at the rear foot through here. So if you do hit laterally, it will shift quicker. You can't compress it all. And also that rear foot rocker through here, you don't really hit that part of the plate that essentially is going to direct you towards, you know, the posting as well. So they've really focused too much on making the sagittal plane too stiff on this shoe as a control feature. I don't know if they need to do that. What you just said, Dan, about uh, having that foot pronate quickly early, I've seen that mm. on multiple customers the last few days where that shoe... It's too stiff. Yeah, Absolutely. even before it gets to mid-stance, the foot is in this pronated, everted position mm. and it, it, well, that, it looks contrastingly, like stark different to other shoes that they've had on so already. Here's, Here's what's happening. So look, when you've got a upper that's exactly the same as a 1080, which while it's aesthetically different, it functions the same. I can compress this lateral foam on the 1080 and move it progressively, compress across the line from lateral to medial. And this upper doesn't play a role, but I can't compress this one. So what happens is the limitation becomes I can't compress the midsole. So the upper becomes the limitation as to whether it's going to block me from moving medially mm. or laterally. But the upper is compliant and it's mobile. So I'm almost falling. I'm pretty, I hit a little bit externally rotated. I almost fall off the midsole for this shoe because I can't compress the midsole. So the upper is my, my control feature in this shoe. Whereas I don't need to worry about this because the midsole is conforming to me hitting the ground. The upper doesn't need to work quite as much. It's, it's, but I think surely they must test this. They must know this happens in the lab. They do a lot of testing. They do a lot of testing. Yeah. But, but the same testing has come back and told, told us that that, 1080 is stiffer than the other than their last few like the longitudinal stiffness mm. is increased in that yet it's never really felt like that to me so sometimes nah. you can probably like you can test things and get data mm. how it translates to the actual real world that's mm. a different story and that's also a brilliant segue into mm. sorry that's i just thought it was a common sense feature but you go through it go through the go through the next segue yeah, all right. Well, this next segue yeah. is uh, you blokes cherry-picking the science that uh, suits your <laughs> your own bias. Uh, so we had a chat the other day. Tom wrote in the group, Peeva is more durable than EVA. And I hadn't written back. I hadn't written back at all, but I was considering writing back, debating him on it. And... Uh, <laughs> I didn't even need to because science. You didn't write back because you knew I was right, and you you were questioning you were questioning everything. I was questioning what I could use to prove my point, and then someone came along and delivered it on a platter for me. <laughs> yeah. mm. But it's confusing still. So let's run it through. Tom, who who knows this study Tom. better? You. Or Tom, Tom knows it. Tom's been right. been losing sleep over it. 
<laughs> no, I haven't really. I, I, I had a look at, I had a brief look through it. Um, so yeah, base. I don't, how did we come up with, why were we talking about Pieper and EVA? Oh, I can't even remember. Let me go back. Let me go back through our message group. You you continue. Yeah, getting. so I, I can actually I, I can date back. Remember, historically, we talked about the modern day racing flat was more durable than the old racing flats. Yeah. But old racing flats were thin EBA versus lots of PIVA. So lots of PIVA versus thin EBA is a different metric to what the study was looking at, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, literally a few days after you had no reply to that comment i made um you you tag you kindly tagged me in lab rat rundowns um insta post and he was doing he did basically a um a summary of a study that just came out um so this study uh put it up here um influence of different midsole foam in advanced footwear technology um use on running economy and biomechanics in trained runners uh, so it literally just came out. Um, one of the authors is Hukama, who he did the original Vaporfly 4% study. So that was a familiar name. Uh, yeah, so basically um, they used two uh, types of uh, shoes. Um, I think they were, they were both provided by On. So one was a PIBA-based midsole, one was an EVA-based midsole. And I was I had, like, questions about like, okay, but what about the weight? What about carbon plate? So I went and had a look mm -hmm. and yeah, they actually matched it pretty well. So weight was essentially the same, longitudinal stiffness because they they both had carbon plates, stack height, mm -hmm. essentially the same. So mm -hmm. those characteristics that can affect running economy were all pr pretty much controlled for. So um, they could sort of, I guess, postulate that the results would be more based on the actual material um mm -hmm. properties than any any other features um mm -hmm. so they had 22 trained runners um uh, doing running economy that is some biomechanical testing but interestingly like the with the running economy so um as you'd expect a brand new eva versus piba the piba shoes were had uh the runners had um it was like less energy uh cost so that were they were more economic in the piba shoe it was only 1.9 percent on average um, mm. So less, like maybe half of what we might expect um, on based on other studies and repeat studies after the four percent study. So that's one point. Uh, mm. This study showed less than m most other studies benefit um, mm. EVA versus PIBA. What um, was the EVA durometer? Do you remember? I don't think it actually said the durometer. So that's yeah, one thing. Mm. Um, very different. That that mm. can vary greatly, can't it? And I'm sure the PIBA, PIBA durometers can vary a little bit as well, depending on how much they pack it. Oh, that's that's going to be my, one of my point. Like, just mm. like EVA, yeah. can, you can have one EVA that's like super durable. Yeah. You can have one EVA that's like not durable, durable at all. Mm. And it'd be the same with PIBA. Mm. You, you, you'd you'd yeah. have some PIBA shoes that are quite durable, some PIBA shoes that aren't durable. I, I thought because um, how, on how long did they how long did they wear them for? They oh, so sorry, 450k for yeah so. So that was new. And then so they had the researchers themselves to make sure that it actually happened. The researchers mm -hmm. ran in the shoes. Uh, they put 450K mm -hmm. into the shoes and then they got them to run in the, the participants to run in them again. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said to you, I messaged you, like, when I looked at the actual results, um, there was actually a trend in the EVA shoes that it wasn't mm. statistically significant, but it, it was yeah. like a trend that actually were, were more economical after 450K in the EVA shoe. So I don't know how that works. 
So they were they yeah. not only yeah. So essentially, there was no difference in the in the EVA when it was after 450k, but um, the PBA shoes they I think it was on I think it was on average 2.3 percent worse than what it was new, which meant yeah. that statistically it was the same, but trending that the PBA actually got worse than the EVA after yeah. 450k yeah. Um, in terms of running economy. So, so interesting let, study. Yeah, let's just go. Mm. Let's just um, draw a conclusion from it for the listeners, because getting a bit technical here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so take a vapor fly, take a Pegasus. So the vapor fly after four hundred and fifty k is less economical than the Pegasus, correct? No. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no. The, cha- the change was the ch- the change was like it became less economical relative to its original standard. But it doesn't mean the baseline economy for wearing the Vaporfly would still be worse than the Pegasus. In this study, it was. In this study, ah, with these yeah. particular well, models, yes. But but to that point, no. In no way <laughs> in the real world yeah. would the Vaporfly Absolutely not. less economical. What do you Absolutely mean? Science not. is wrong, Tom. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. That can't be the case. I mean, look, Science I is wrong this time because you don't believe it. <laughs> no, I, I I believe it in this exact scenario, but that yeah, is the yeah, only yeah. way I believe it. That exact model yeah, compared yeah. to the other exact model, yeah, I yeah, I, yeah. I, I'll, I'll probably believe this study because I think the researchers yeah. are probably uh, um, respectable. But um, yeah. yeah. But so if we're talking on shoes, we could be talking yeah. like Cloud Boom Echo or and the Stratus, right? And. No, no, they would be comparing to they would, the no, Super Shoe original wasn't EBA, wasn't it? The, the original one wasn't EBA, was that right? What? Sorry, the original the, the the original Echo Boom wasn't EBA, wasn't it? It wasn't a PBA originally. No, we're talking about the current one, right? When was this study done? Yeah, this year, just done. Just, yeah, so just on supply the shoes, yeah. so you got to assume that they're current shoes in the range. Should ask yeah. Jordan. Yeah, no, I don't. To be yeah. honest, yeah. I I don't think. I don't think it's an actual, um, uh, what's the word, commercial shoe. I don't think you can purchase mm. the EVA model. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. so I don't think, we, yeah, because it's too it's too matched. It Like they're matching the weight. They've both got carbon mm. fibre plates. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, there's a fiber, carbon fibre plate in the EVA shoe too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, there's too, much, there's too many the attributes in there. Yeah. And yeah, even, I even the that because... Yeah. I mean, even yeah. the weight scenario, like even the stack height itself. I mean, I'm assuming the stack height was controlled for as well, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, imagine trying to get, you know, a, a low durometer EVA up compared to a low durometer PBA up, put the carbon plate in it, and get them both the 40 mils and, you know, try and experience both those shoes. I look, in the real world, it doesn't exist, does it? We don't have those shoes, those high EVA shoes with plates that are, I don't know. All right. So we'll strike yeah. that out. And we'll just say no no conclusion drawn. <laughs> we, we no one wins that, that argument. Common sense will prevail. And we've been running in these shoes long enough now that we know, for example, and another example I'll throw at you is like Nova Blast versus Super Blast or Nova Blast oh, versus the Vaporfly. Yep. Like yep. you know that EVA in the Nova Blast is not going to last mm. the same as the PIBA in an X percent or the PIBA or the, the nylon-based PIBA thing, whatever the turbo phone is. Yeah, it's way more durable than the EVA phone. I don't know. Look, there's more of it as well. The issue is there's more of it as well. 
that's the yeah. other thing so yeah like if, if you if you cut that turbo down to the same height as the um the nova it it probably wouldn't be too far apart but i reckon the experience when you're running faster you just stay you keep your economy higher at the end of life of that shoe more than the other one i would say all right this is the but, last yeah. this is the last comparison we're going to do and we're going to move on original hey, no, vapor just keep, original just, vapor just, fly versus original zoom fly you cannot tell me that original zoom fly was less durable than original Vaporfly. No durability. You mean you mean economy for durability? It, it, it keeps its attributes, or do you mean it would last longer without deteriorating the foam? Both. Different question. Vaporfly stays more economical for its whole life, but the the no the no, no 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 last no, longer. No, at no point is there a crossover. The Zoom Fly never becomes more economical. No, not more economical, exactly. but he, loses less. Loses less. Maybe, yeah. It might oh, lose less. Right, which but, is the definition yeah, of durability. That is the well, definition of durability. But the real question is, do, is a runner, do, are we still want to want to pay for the PIBA or do we want to just say, oh, no, PIBA actually isn't that good because it 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 becomes like an EVA shoe after 400K. Like, we're still no, always going to people will pay it. for the experience. That doesn't make you right. That That's, you're changing just, the, you're changing it, the goalpost now. <laughs> Okay, just, right. there's, a, there's a big there's a big note just remember the lab rat guy who said at the end he said he compared wearing even an alpha fly you know at the stage of zero kilometers and 450 kilometers and found that the economy change was negligible after 450 k's as well so suddenly you've got this this shoe that has other attributes i know it's got pods it's got more rubber etc it's got the plates it's got the foam that shoe remained economical after 450 k's Different study was N equals one, I know, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure this. Right? 13 people, it's not a lot. It's, yeah, 20 odd, wasn't it? Yeah, 22. Yeah, yeah, 20 odd. All so, right. next yeah, question. Yeah. Fair enough. Next question, move on. <laughs> now, I reckon, on. so just finally on that on that point, <laughs> I, I see it. I see the PBA, I see PBA somewhere between in terms of durability. I think, and I think you've got to agree with me, it's somewhere between EVA and TPU. Right, Agreed. we know the boost yes, foam. You're not going to argue mm. that the boost foam is not bloody the most durable foam that's out there. It's heavy, but it's it's so mm. so durable that TPU stuff. But um, I don't know. I just feel like it's somewhere between mm. EVA and TPU. Mm. No, agree with me. <laughs> you can have it. <laughs> um, all, right. all right, quickly. What makes the long run shoe? So, firstly, we'll go to Nita. I want to hear. I want to hear what you look for in a long run shoe mm. compared to what you look for in an everyday easy shoe. Sometimes I'll give you my definition. I'll give you my definition first. The shoe deteriorates not significantly from the last half of the run relative to the first half of the run. So the yeah. shoe feels as good at the end almost as it does. I know it will never feel as good maybe, but it does get close to that. The shoe needs to be magic in the last half of the long run basically. All right. It's a bit of a lead-in so, from the last question, isn't it? So how, yeah, does it, yeah. how does a shoe achieve that? Look, I usually think the foam needs to be a little bit more resilient. So meaning that by the time you are hitting the ground after one hour, for example, it's returning back to you at a similar rate it did at the start of the long run. So you still feel like you've got a midsole that's the similar height off the ground. Um, and look, for me personally, the other thing is usually the shoe has to be on the slightly lighter, more economical scale. So if the long run does get going at the end of a period of time, I feel economical doing that. I feel like my timing on the ground's a bit better. 
So I usually like to have a shoe that's a little bit lighter weight and a slightly more responsive foam, which is usually more resilient anyway. That'd be my you, major walkaway points. What are you mm. using right now that's a great long run shoe and what isn't a good long run shoe for you? Look, the greatest shoe that's been made for long runs is the Super Blast. Anyone who thinks is a yep. shoe better than that for long runs is kidding themselves. What is not good is the Nike Zoom Invincible or currently this 1080. Hmm. All right, yeah, perfect. It gets good answer, yeah. Tom. I, I would I would just add to that. So I'd agree. I really uh, appreciate something that's a little bit lighter for the long run, just because mm -hmm. I do like to pick up the pace. And uh, to, going with that, obviously, is the response as well and the durability of the response during the run. The only other thing is like just the level of cushion. So it's high. I prefer it to be high stack. Um, mm -hmm. It's almost like it's it's a it's the muscle trauma side of things like it's a long run so mm. if you have a little bit more cush closer to um you know a max stack it's mm. I, I prefer that as well so based off your boys answers you would have no qualms wearing super shoes on long runs no and I, have, yeah. I have done if, if there's any sort of a license to put an effort in my long run i have worn um i have worn a super shoe before i don't i try not to do it um too much because I, I still feel like it's a bit of a cop out but um mm. I, I have done it so there's no yeah. other caveat on a long run shoe around stability or uh not being too rigid or rocket or anything like that look at you know depends where you're running is where you're the same julian like i i'm running half trail half road on my long runs predominantly so look, the shoe having a wide surface area is enough stability for me. And look, I'm biased because I like an upper that allows me to move a little bit more as well because I'm on the forefoot. So I don't like a, I don't love a great, great lockdown for a long run, to be honest. It's sort of, I prefer the opposite a little bit. Mm. Yeah. More like All a right. super shoe. Yeah. That again, but that again is why it goes to the, why the Super Blast is such a good long run shoe because it, it, mm. it mixes the the super shoe elements, but in a more stable platform. So Absolutely. I mean, I do appreciate the stability in a long run shoe. I think for safe, mm. just from a safety aspect, fatigability, and then not picking up a niggle. Um, but there must not be one company right now not looking at the Super Blast and thinking, how can we replicate this as a long run shoe? Surely it's got to be as clear as day. That's been the money ball. So. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. look, there are, they're coming out. We're seeing mm. them. We're seeing them compete now. It's like the brands when they saw Hocker. We're seeing the Super mm. Blast copies come out, um, which yeah. I'll get into at some stage in a later episode. But mm. for, so for me, I got a few things that are different to what you guys have. I need in a long run shoe. I need that. I can't be jammed at the toe. Like I need a little bit more clearance at the toe because we run. Oh, in 20K, we'll run 400 meters. And so I'm going downhill a lot. And so my, my long run shoe has to be a forgiving fit in the toe box. I can't be jammed at all. Um, I, also, like, I like a little bit more firmness rather than softness for my long run shoe. I don't feel like I want to get sloppy towards the end either. And um, mm. having a good, like, I guess, fit through the midfoot if, I'm, if we head to the trails, like these aren't trail shoes but this vimero certainly wraps me up better than the 1080 does and so i know if i go for if i hit mm. a 5k section of single track this shoe will cater for that a shoe mm. like the 1080 a shoe like the nimbus 25 would not cater for that um and even the super blast borderline little bit too 
kind of high stack, too soft for some of the areas that we run. But no, the Super Blast is still my go-to for sure. It's not, it. it's not that yeah. soft. It's a bit more resilient. It's still soft. The thing is, the shoe almost becomes a bit softer by the end of the long run to the softness you want it to be. Whereas at the start of the run, I'd argue it doesn't actually feel as soft as you want it to be at that point in time. That's what makes mm. it a long run shoe. Yeah, we have very different long runs too, all three of us. So the shoe, yeah. the shoe requirements will be different. But I also like having something towards the rear foot that's gonna that I can rock back on. That it it just looks after me more when I get tired. I'm not as like if maybe I'm not as efficient as you two gazelles out there. So I need something to look after me. But from my range now, shoes that aren't long run shoes, Kayano, no good. Nimbus twenty five, mm. no good. Both too heavy. Um, yeah. Super Blast, amazing. Vimero, very good. Super Comp mm. Trail, no good. Um, mm. Why is uh, Super Comp Trail no good? Uh, too firm. Too um, firm. Yeah, it's not soft enough for me for the longer one. Uh, it's it's a bit too aggressive. It's, it's plated. I'm, I'm thinking back now what shoes I used for long runs before the Super Blast because it feels like a long time ago now. Yeah. But look, the last one I did probably enjoy, like I didn't mind the Ciccone, um, the Triumph. It yeah, was yeah, like you know, that, that combination of, yeah that was that was decent um the cloud monster wasn't bad either the yep. foam was just a little bit more resilient i could probably do a long run on the cloud stratus 3 now but it's probably on the heavier side so um and then historically that's why i think i loved the miro 12 and 13 that cushlon midsole all the way through and it was relatively high stacked at the time that was a great long run shoe so but between those years i can't think of it up maybe i wasn't doing long runs so. oh there was there was older 1080s that were very good the, mm, the 1080 yeah. used to be a real good mix of um it did actually not, even the night yeah true yeah. Mm. um that was always my go-to for the longer stuff um all right cool that's good that's mm. what we talk about in the store as well like around what you're going to use your shoe for uh so it's nice to sort of yeah, good topic hear, hear your boys thoughts next one next more month thing we can talk about easy day what's an easy day oh yeah shoe? yeah good good uh, um, I hit the. I go first. I hit the ground hard. I like it to be super plush, and I like it to be flimsy, and I like it to accommodate me just landing a bit more on the mid foot. Next month. Next yeah. month. Oh, oh, okay. Well, we just, we just basically, you just pick the other shoe, don't you? The ones you don't like for the long run. <laughs> Nita, I've got is. a topic for you. I've got a topic for you because oh. I just watched a shoe review before. Um, it was by. A, was it a podiatrist? Is that person Look, I don't remember. That, that that we <laughs> Tom, Tom, you sent it, so I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. He may I, have been a podiatrist. All right. So was he a podiatrist? Um, I don't remember. Yeah. Basically, like one of the big takeaways from the review was that the shoe was actually endorsed by the Australian Podiatry Association. And so I when I heard that, I thought, oh wow, like these guys assess and analyze shoes and, and make um, endorsements based on their assessments and analysis. And I wonder if that shoe is endorsed, why this shoe here is not endorsed by the Australian Podiatry Association. Because I love this shoe and I don't particularly like the shoe that got reviewed and endorsed. So could, would you yeah. mind just running us through um, the nuts and bolts of that, Nita? So I've had, I've had time to think about this to not get myself <laughs> into strife. So look, why would you get in strife? Well, look, I, I obviously 
when 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 there's a reason for it, two companies to get together and have a relationship in this scenario it was i believe it was hoka and the australian podiatry association as an endorsement the first and foremost thing i think the the reason is because one um hoka want to be seen in a in a in an, the environment of podiatry world as a shoe that's going to help the population with what pain and provide them with a shoe environment that's I think the podiatry association would consider very low risk and causes no harm, I would say, but it gives them some exposure to that area. So there would have been a monetary involvement from, you know, Hoka towards the podiatry association to uh, create an endorsement or a visible presence from, you know, from those who are part of the podiatrists who are part of the podiatry association. And, you know, they might get, you know, given, I guess, education flyers and maybe direct patients towards these particular shoes will get given more education on Hoka um, as providers. And look, I mean, some podiatrists might not have, you know, might not even know Hoka if they work in rural areas, but they're part of the podiatry association. Now they will. So, so it's definitely the relationship. That's why the endorsement occurs. I mean, we see ASICs have had a great relationship with SMA since the 1980s. And look, that's definitely probably had a, um, an effect on why practitioners have created um, embody ASICs with you know fixing foot ailments, while Nike aren't related to fixing foot ailments. But Nike also have a lot of finances behind them. They don't need an endorsement by the Podiatry Association, I don't think. So I don't think it's in their best interest to head down that pathway. I think they could probably they probably are doing well in many other avenues of sales, for example. What do you think, Tom? <laughs> Don't try Wait, can this. I just jump in there? Yeah, yeah. So you're absolutely. telling me, you're telling me that the Australian Podiatry Association endorses that shoe because Hocker well, they, paid the money. Was, what do you think? Is the endorsement was for the shoe or for the company? Well, it was just for one. It was. Shoe. A, I don't actually remember. The shoe. I think it was. I, think, I believe they've endorsed a few models. Okay, but I'm not sure. I believe. It, well, look, I mean, you're not that. I don't think they're endorsing it without getting something. I don't actually don't know the story whether it's uh, whether their members get member members get discounts. Do we get discounts for Hoka, Tom? I have no idea. I don't know actually. I don't know if it's I mean, a, 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 a brands, yeah, yeah. I don't know. If, I mean, look, there. The Podiatry Association also have other endorsements with like some templated insoles, other footwear brands, I believe, and you know, footwear brands for day-to-day -day walking. I think, you know, there is plenty of endorsements between organisations. I mean, it's podiatry is small on that scale. I think ASICs have been uh, endorsed by the Australian Physiotherapy Association for many years, speci specifically the Kano, I believe. That's always had the uh, APA endorsement label on it when you sell the shoe, I think. Yeah, so this it's got the Sports Med Australia tag on one side and it's got exactly. the... APA, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's got to be going yeah. on 10, 15 years, maybe longer. I think that's just when I was a kid at school that was happening. So, um, yeah. So, look, I, I don't know. I mean, look, does it say it on the box when you sell it in the shop, Julian? Like, does it? <laughs> so I, I guess seen the only... it. that's why yeah. I was so surprised to see this shoe, and I thought maybe I should know about this. Maybe there's something magical about this <laughs> shoe that that the other shoes don't have. <laughs> Look, the one thing everyone needs to understand about an endorsement, it doesn't mean that other shoe models aren't doing more or less the same thing. Like you said, Vimero is a high quality shoe and it would work for a lot of people. And endorsements, unfortunately, they don't 
you know, they don't, they aren't created by, you know, someone who's giving just the best overall global advice, for example. There's always a bias one way or the other, and there's probably something monetary involved. I don't know the specifics behind it, but I'm assuming it's favours both parties somehow. They've come to an arrangement. <laughs> so you're telling me I should just look at look at these in, endorsements or these um, recommendations with uh, a different, like in a different sort of tint maybe. Like, yeah, I, yeah. Like, look, because are, I trust you. Are, you're a podiatrist. Yeah. <laughs> you are the part of the Australian Podiatry Association and I trust what you say. And so if you're yeah. telling me that there might be some sort of financial bias or incentive for you to recommend a shoe, then that worries me. Yeah, but look, there's never a, like incentive for the practitioner to refer off for the shoe, is there? Unless it well, this cheapens was a our membership somehow. Reviewing yeah. a shoe. Oh, look, it's real. Look, first and foremost, at least probably what they have done is realized this shoe, if you do endorse it to lots of people, it probably doesn't cause harm. And I don't know, I mean, look, endorsements of shoes probably don't cause too much harm, I'd say. Because as we know, shoe reviews are relative anyway, aren't they? So sometimes the review itself is going to hurt 20 people, it's going to save 20 people, and then 20 people it has no effect on, for example. So, so I'm uh, going to ask Tom this question then. Are you a board member or something, Tom? No, nah, no, I'm not. No. All right, I'm, a, so... I'm a board member of the Sports Podiatry Association and we do mm. not endorse any um, brands or products. Okay. So, like, I'm going to throw this to you. If a um, brand like Vivo Barefoot came out with a very large sum of money to the Australian Podiatry Association, do you think there would be endorsement involved, or would there nah. be uh, would there be a little bit more assessment and analysis before actually nah, was endorsed? Be. No, they wouldn't be. I don't think. I think. Well, look, Tom, you go. You, you know, I'm not. I'm not part of the. I mean, I'm a member of APOD A, our, our mm. Australian Podiatry Association, but I'm not privy to how the process works. I believe there's, mm. um, you know, I, th I think there's a a group of people who are involved in the endorsement process. So it's a collab. Mm. It's like, you know, it, it's a group of people. Uh, I do not know how they come to the conclusion of mm. how it's going to be um, approved, and I don't. I haven't looked at. I mean, I know with our association, the Sports Podiatry Association, mm. the financials are available to members. So I assume mm. if I really wanted to, I might be able to um, have a look at APOD A's financials mm. and see whether, you know, how much money is actually involved. Mm. I don't even know if that information is available to members. Mm. I think it should be. Um, mm. But it probably um, is. It probably is somewhere along the line. So, and you probably can request it. But look, I, I don't know how objective the process is of, of endorsement. So we can't answer that, Julian, which is interesting. And if I think Vivo bottom line is we, uh, yeah, we we don't put a lot of weight into it personally as practitioners, as you you would know. We, we're not going to be swayed by a label that our, the association has placed upon any shoe. So okay. I don't think I'm not recommending my any any of my runners patients coming in to to you know specifically going into those shoes because my association thinks it's good. No, no, you, you wouldn't pigeonhole that. But look, maybe people who are a bit more influenced and aren't privy on the area of footwear might be a bit more influenced on what the Podiatry Association does endorse, for example. So I don't think we're great examples of what, I mean, if things were really highly endorsed and we didn't like them and they were good for you, for example, I, you know, at the end of the day, you'll, you'll pick and choose for your patient, won't you? 
But if Bebo came to the podiatry session, I would dare say the process in which they got to, there'd probably be a, a risk reward ratio in terms of them deciding whether to have a relationship with a company like that. And probably in that case, we know there's been a history of harm wearing the shoes. I don't think they'd probably would pass that pathway, but look, I don't know. I don't know how objective the process is. So to answer that question, Julian. All right. Thank you for yeah. your, um, <laughs> your semi-honest responses. Uh, <laughs> but what do you think of it? How does it affect you? Uh, it seems ridiculous to me. It seems yeah. like... How many practitioners seems... in, in your area would, would nah, be referring? Nah, nah, nah. None. There you go. So... Yeah. But 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 for someone on a review to say it's endorsed mm. by the like to me that's a laughable fucking mm. concept because yeah 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 you just it's so like obvious it's but it's, look it these things change but they change alone. perception remember when the kid um, goes to the supermarket or whatever when he first gets left and he takes the toothbrush up to the counter and goes is this um, Toothbrush endorsed by the American Dental Association. <laughs> it well, reminds me of that. Yeah, look, I Colgate, yeah, McLean's or whatever. But look, it, it, yeah, it's a, it must be more complicated than that from the back end. I'm not 100% sure. So, but it does change perception. There's no doubt if, like, say, Sports Medicine Australia have been aligned with ASICs for a long time. There's no doubt that um, there's probably a bit of um, practitioner education that's biased towards that company. It may filter into the general consumer or the consumer might ask questions about the little SMA label. Mm -hmm. And then that's suddenly linked to being uh, maybe in a shoe that has a bit of injury resistance factors to it. Yet we know if we compare a Vermeero and a, you know, a Nimbus 25, the outcomes are probably no different, more than likely. Yeah, yeah I'm going to start. I'm actually going to start having my staff when they bring out a hawker, say, do you know this shoe is endorsed by the Australian Podiatry Association? That is gold. That is gold retail on the floor kind of lines. Imagine the confidence that will build in an oldie, just an old walker. But it must happen. That has to be the reason why the endorsement's happened. There has to be part and parcel of it. Yeah, well, no one, it's first I knew about it, so I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to use it to my advantage. Uh, you wouldn't do that. Julian, you you hey, want to know the story of the runner. You want to know the, what they're, they're doing their long run, what they've experienced, and you want to give them four or five chews, and you want them to select one that they have the best experience in. No, but we know that if they buy into that shoe, if, they, if they're confident with the shoe, if they buy in, it's more success rate. Yeah, but endorsed by Moose, that might just be more powerful than endorsed by the Podiatry Association. No, no, not on the floor. Nah, it doesn't okay. work like that. I wish it did. Doesn't it? Okay. I okay. wish I had pull. All right, let's In move fact, on. Let's move on. Now, funny yeah. story from the floor today, because I know you love this sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> at, so we have like the last existing pairs of the on 10,000 meter spike um, in the country, I reckon, size 10. It's like you're not mm. going to find that anywhere. We've got a Dragonfly. We've got the New Balance um, LD something. We've, we've got the ASIC. No, we don't have the ASICs premium spike, um, but uh, Brie was fitting a customer today and um, she had all the options for him. The on 10,000 spike, the, the, the Dragonfly, I'm like, oh, you're not going to get a better choice of spikes in a store anywhere in this country. And at the very end of the fitting, a, a comment was made, oh, yeah, I'll probably just go home and do some more Googling. 
And I'm like, oh, you fucking don't know how lucky you are here. And you're going to go home and play around on the internet to try to find, mm. like, you're, you're talking to Bree, who's got 10 years of experience in running shoes. Mm. We're providing you with some of the best options that you would ever mm. find in, in a store, let, let alone the internet. You're being able to try them on and it's still not good enough. So there's none of, like, yeah, you, you're always going to have the customer that will do some more Googling. Um, yeah, those on spikes will be gone in two days and then the dragonflies will be gone in 10 days. That's just how it goes. So I'd be like stuck to buying a, it'd be buying a rival D coming back saying, where can, yeah. where can I buy those on spikes for cheaper? Yeah. And he's like, actually, no, they are the most sought after spike in the entire world yeah. right now. We're waiting for the yeah. next drop. They are. Oh yeah. So next drop, I was mm. going to say, we talk a lot about mm. super blast December. Mm. We're going to see more stock in December. That, yeah. that should ease. If everyone's stuck around for an hour and eight minutes, mm. then that's where the little gem is from this podcast. Literally just literally just um, saving up that shoe just for long runs only because it's only going to mm. stretch out to December, I think. Mm. Yeah. All right, boys, I've got to go. It's too late. We had a good chat. Well, sounds good. We did. All right. All right. I just thought we'll get one into last any trouble. Thing. Did, you, did you guys see what shoe um, Kibi What Candy um, won Valencia half in? Oh, no, I didn't. Have a guess. The, the, the Adidas, the, 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 the um, light one. What's Is it called? Evo 1? Yeah. Evo 1, was it? No. Nah. Takumi Sen? Nine. Oh, Takumi Sen. Oh, nine. Same as the eight, really. Upper change? Yeah, I think it's the same. Same mid Oh, wow. I just thought that was a bit ridiculous. <laughs> wow. It just goes back to the fact... It's still the runner that's got to win the race. The Evo 1 is not yeah, going to yeah, win the yeah. race for you. Evo 1 was second. Um, uh, Kijelcha was in the Evo 1. Yeah, yeah. Came second. Wasn't, yeah. um, wasn't Borrega? No, no. Um, who was in the Vaporfly yeah. 2? Was it Gebrewer? Yeah, Vaporfly yeah, 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 2. Yeah. Next that shoe feels yeah. terrible compared to Vaporfly 3. Yeah, it's weird. Know. Weird. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, there's a couple on? in the top five, I think, that we're wearing. I think, I think, I think, um, yeah, also, um, also, um, what's his name? Uh, 10K, Olymp- uh, what's his name? Borrega. Yeah, he was in in number two as well. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, fellas. Right, guys. Until next month. We'll do. Right. Take care. Doesn't matter if it don't come back. Under the sun.